This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. How are you doing this week, Tim? Tom, I am chilled to the bone this Halloween month. Yeah, yeah it is Halloween month. We are deep into it now. We are two full weeks into Halloween month, yeah. and I'm spooked. I'm I'm walking around all the time, jumpy. <laughs> skeletons! Whoa. One day we're going to talk about skeletons, Tom. <laughs> I'm going to wear you down. You're going to wear me down and make me into a skeleton? Grind off all my skin and muscles and blood? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do that, Tom. (laughs) Nah, I'll just let you rot away. What? That's how a skeleton is uh, made. Shown. (laughs) Shown, That's how a skeleton shows itself. Yeah, it's crazy. We're all just skeletons walking around. It's terrifying. It It makes every day Halloween month, if you think about it. Yeah. All these skeletons walking around. Ugh, I don't even like to think about it. Clickety clack, that's the bones. <laughs> yeah, uh, playing, playing xylophone on our ribs. Ooh, that's that's the one reason I'm looking forward to eventually being a skeleton because I'm pretty <laughs> good at the xylophone, Tom. But the you marimba. Can, you're gonna play it on your own ribs. Yeah, I thought it was you can only really play the xylophone on other people's ribs. Well, then I'll play it on your ribs, Tom. <laughs> I'll play the xylophone on your ribs one day, pal. <laughs> That would be a good threat to somebody. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad we're here I'll workshopping <laughs> threats. I'll see you dead. I'll play the xylophone on your ribs. Yeah, you. I would say without the dead part, because then, then it just implies, right? Yeah. Hey, uh, next time I see you, I'm going to be playing a marimba ditty on your bones. Right, because if you did it now, you wouldn't hear anything. No. Back. Yeah. But once once all the skin's gone, a beautiful instrument is revealed. Tom, I've been up since 5.30 this morning. Um, it's now 7.30. Doing okay. 7.30 in the morning. It's two hours later. I took a red-eye uh, flight last night. Uh-huh. There was a dog on my flight. Yeah. It's fine. It was a cute dog. Uh-huh. But this dog went nuts whenever anything happened. And uh, what's the... There's a comfort animal, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like a service animal. Okay, is is a does a comfort animal is somebody uh, uh, somebody <laughs> the guy that's there to to help somebody uh, be comforted? Be comforted. They get the service animal sash because this animal had a service animal sash. So the 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 tricky thing about this and the and the way it's kind of a scam is that. You cannot, it is illegal to ask for, uh, like, documentation for a service animal. Okay. So, like, you know, somebody has a seeing eye dog. Uh, yeah, that, it's like, oh, I can see, you know, what the problem is here. That person has trouble seeing. The, this eye dog is being their eyes for them. Uh, but you can have a service animal that helps you with, uh, like, you know, anxiety issues or, or things like that. And sometimes it is. You know, uh, medically, I guess they don't prescribe a dog to you, but but they would, you would go and get a dog, uh, like uh, people with PTSD. Like there's a lot of like, mm-hmm. 
Oh, I'm not PTSD. one of these people. I I don't like when people are like, oh, service animals are or a scam or comfort animals are a scam. Right. I think that uh, I think they're totally legitimate. Well, but the problem is that sometimes it is a scam <laughs> because because of the fact that you don't have you can't be asked to provide papers. There's nothing that prevents a, a person with no issues from going on Amazon, buying a, a little vest for their dog and putting it on their normal dog that does not provide, like my dog does not provide any service to me whatsoever. No, she actually, she's, uh, she's anxiety inducing to me. Yeah, she she's just a, a, a through and through burden. But I could buy a little vest that says she's a service it's animal cute. and she provides an important service and nobody can even ask what that service is. Right. Uh, and I could take her on uh, a plane or anything. And the problem is that that would be or a restaurant or whatever. That would be fine if people did that responsibly. And it was like, nah, my dog's chill. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would never do that with my dog. Cause like, I know my dog would freak the hell out on a plane. <laughs> and so you see that a lot. Her where ears would pop. Yeah. So you see that. Do you al- think Ginger's ears have ever popped? Uh, uh, it's a good question. Probably not. You don't bring her into like it's the mountains. A, it's not a good question. I don't know why I said that. I've taken her up to a mountain once. Yeah. Yeah. But not so quickly that her ears would pop. Um, no, my you ears popped. That, uh, that, okay. Yeah. So maybe yeah, but you got weak ears. <laughs> I don't know if a dog's, I mean, her ears are bigger. So I don't know if that makes them more or less susceptible to popping. Mm. I would think less. Yeah, I feel like uh, there's a Snapple fact out there that's like, did you know a, a dog's ears cannot pop? Yeah. It's got something to do with the flaps. <laughs> I don't think it would have anything to do with the flaps. I don't know. Ask Wendy the Snapple I think it lady. would be a breed thing. Yeah. Maybe some breeds their ears pop, some they don't. Some breeds are just like, these These guys are so messed up, uh, their ears are permanently popped. Right, they're popping nonstop. They're popping left and right. They they keep going to another level of, you think they're fully yeah. popped, they pop some more. Yeah, you, you take this dog up three feet of elevation, their ears are going to pop. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that's the problem that you know a lot of people are taking advantage of the fact that uh, you can't be asked... Uh, what the dog's for or papers or anything and they're just like oh i'm gonna take my uh you know like my anxiety ridden dog <laughs> in a place that's gonna make them extremely anxious but i'm gonna put this vest on and be like oh no this is a uh you know a service dog this dog provides it. it's like well that dog seems like it because like if you see a r- like real service dogs they're like the most the best trained dogs in the world yeah where it's like you can take that dog and like throw it down a flight of stairs well you wouldn't do you that. you wouldn't though. but you could and the dog would be like that's fine like i need to do my job though yeah but to be clear that's not something you would no, ever i mean that's a bad example i'm saying you could like take that dog maybe to like where there's a bunch of fireworks or maybe like you take that here's what you could do you take that dog to one of those uh cafes one of those cat cafes Mm. And even this dog would be like, uh, he wouldn't be sitting there licking his chops. No, he'd be like, oh, I'm on the job. I'm on duty. I got to just focus on my job just and not shaking. worry about you these cats. Head, yeah. It wouldn't even do that. It would just be so focused on doing its job. They'd be like, no. I, and I what's have its a- job? Not eating cats? No, in this case, it would maybe be, you know, being an, a comfort animal or being a seeing eye dog or something like that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Do people who are hard of hearing have like dogs that help them hear? 
I don't think so. Yeah. I guess it would be like, what would the dog do if the dog hears something just turn at you and be like, yeah. If the dog doesn't know like sign language. To... <laughs> right. Yeah. They or could maybe nod. they do. I don't know. He could nod maybe. So what? Yeah, I guess if you feel like... So somebody be... says something, you look at the dog, the dog nods. Is that like the dog is vouching for... No, I'm for... more thinking like if you're crossing a street and you don't hear big trucks coming, then the uh, dog nods at you like, hey, a big truck's coming. But that would be annoying for the dog because he'd be like, nah, yeah, I see the big truck coming. Like, I don't know how the dog would know when to tell you it hear something or not. Yeah, does the dog even know about traffic lights? There might be a big truck coming. And uh, this dog starts nodding like crazy, but there's a red light. And Seeing eye dogs know about traffic lights. Yeah. So I would assume that this kind of dog. The hearing right? ear dog. Yeah, the hearing ear dog. I mean, I would like, if I were hard of hearing or deaf, and I were like living alone, I would want a dog that would like, like look, this dog's probably not going to have any anything to do most of the time. But if there's a home in- invasion, the dog needs to come tell me. Right. That's all. <laughs> Doesn't need to bite anybody about it. No, but I guess like most. How afraid of you are uh, are you of home invasions? I'm medium afraid, and like it, I'm not in. You know, I'm. What about you, a my, guy with there, like, there, nothing there, of value? There are two neighbors that are hearing this entire conversation, so it's not like I'm in an isolated area where if somebody invaded my home, nobody would know and they could hold me hostage right. for a week. What would they invade your home about, right? Like something I did. Oh, okay. So it'd be to settle the score. It <laughs> yeah. wouldn't be to get something. Yeah, I mean, that's how it My eventually... replica hoverboard. <laughs> that replica hoverboard, Tim, is... You, uh, embarrassingly expensive i tried to return it and they wouldn't take it back yeah but does that mean it's worth that or you pay you overpaid for it I overpaid. it's a replica of the hoverboard from back to the future part two yeah not, not a, a yeah not a replica swagway board or something <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work but it looks a lot like a swagway no the problem actually i'm remembering now it wasn't even that they wouldn't let me return it it's that they wouldn't let me cancel the order hmm which doesn't make any sense. And That's only, you should go to the Better Business Bureau. No, in retrospect, I should have just canceled that credit card. Yeah. If they wouldn't let me cancel it. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Why don't you just reverse the charge? I can't. They, they do that in movies all now. the time. They're like, reverse the charge or stop payment on a check. Yeah. You can do that in real life. You can get charges reversed a lot of times. Really? Yeah. Can I stop payment on a check? Can I write you a check and be like, I've made you a millionaire? If it hasn't cleared yet, yeah. But once it clears, you can't stop payment. It's cleared. Yeah. Okay. It felt like you were uh, starting like a, a Seinfeld riff. If it's cleared, you can't clear it's it. It's cleared. You can't, you can't stop payment on a cleared check. It's cleared. That's what being cleared means. <laughs> if you're not cleared... You can rescind it. Yeah. Who's but ca- you're cleared. It's cleared for a reason. How I'm can you fa- stop something that's cleared? It's cleared. This is great. This is great <laughs> content, Tom. Season, season eight of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. You know why that's funny? Yeah, that's my favorite thing about Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. Um, he, uh, he thinks, first of all, Jerry Seinfeld thinks he invented the, the thing where uh, you set a comedian up to do their bit in normal conversation. Right, which is what talk show hosts have been doing for 60, yeah. 70 years. Um, and uh, so somebody, John Mulaney, will launch into a bit yeah. that you've oh, seen. I hear you just got back from California. <laughs> yeah, and then 
he'll he'll John Mulaney will do his very funny joke, and then Jerry Seinfeld will laugh so hard, and he'll go, "You know why that's funny?" And he'll explain the joke, yeah, to the 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 person who just made the joke, yeah, like uh, that. It was unexpected. You were expecting this, but a different thing happened. That's yeah, what's like, funny. Yeah, okay, thank you. No, I... Uh, t- it turned it on its head. Yeah, and Wanda Sykes is just like, oh, yeah, no, I accidentally uh, stumbled upon the joke. I didn't think it was going to be funny. I was uh, I was just trying to develop a, a non-comedic monologue, right. and I accidentally made it funny. So thank you yeah, for th- explaining why. This was why. a bit for my last comedy special that I'm redoing here in a 1973 Aston Martin with you. I like Jerry Seinfeld, though. He's a funny guy. All right, Tom, let's get down to the spookiness. God, uh, Tim, I I was talking about all that other stuff just because I was so afraid of the 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 rest of the spookiness to come yeah um and i was, you I was be. being the comic relief in a, a horror movie i read a book tom a short story okay scariest thing oh, i've ever God, read in my whole life it was scariest typ- typical millennial where you want a trophy for oh i wrote a book i wrote a short story i don't think i deserve a trophy for it i just think uh you should congratulate me I don't need anything material. I just want your respect. And maybe a gift card. Yeah. An e-gift card. <laughs> so nothing material. Um, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Tom, by Washington Irving. It's this uh, guy. Wa- uh, Washington Irving Magic Johnson. Yes. Uh, when do you think, uh, what year do you think Washington Irving was born, Tom? I'm going to guess that Washington Irving was born in 1836. He was towards the end of his life at that point. Oh, that's what I thought you said. When do you think he was towards the end of his life? (laughs) That is a normal question to ask. (laughs) Not when he died. (laughs) Uh, He was born in 1783. Wow. After our country's founding. Yeah. Lucky guy. Lucky duck. So, uh, but before the Constitution was ratified, right? Yeah, but wait, what year? 1873. I mean, okay. 1783. 1783, yeah. When was the Constitution ratified? I don't know, 87, I want to say. Okay. There, the, look, Tom, there was the Articles of Confederation. 1776? No, that was the That's the when the Constitution, of yes, right. Constitution. <laughs> we need a producer yeah, with a uh, with a lot of history knowledge. Yeah, like <laughs> that, like a like a hearing ear dog will nod at us when we're right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, was or it seventeen eighty seven? Or when they hear a loud truck coming? Because <laughs> we got these headphones on, we don't know. All right, it was it was created and presented in seventeen eighty seven. It was ratified in seventeen eighty eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it became effective in 1789. It must be crazy if you were born back then. Imagine being born and being like a little kid, and your parents explain to you like, oh, "This country's like eight years old." You're like what? Take I'm to, six. Yeah, take us to a country that's been around a little longer, huh? It's exciting. It is, and exciting. also when you're a kid, you don't know the country's a boy, just like I'm a boy. Yeah, or a girl. You'll come of age. With our great nation. Yeah. That's what uh, 
both Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton sang to their children. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was uh, their their child was Washington Irving. Yeah, uh, who wrote the Legend of Sleepy Hollow? Uh, in it was published in eighteen twenty. Okay, so like old. Is this episode about so wait, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow or the the Headless Horseman? Hey, aren't they the same thing? No, the Headless Horseman is but a character. Yeah, but the character he's a character from Tim, that's like saying, uh, oh, is this about Masters of the Universe or He Man? No, I would say Or it's like, come on, man, everybody calls it He Man. But what about is this about Nightmare on Elm Street or Freddy Krueger? Because Freddy Krueger shows up other places. Yeah, but he is the Nightmare on Elm Street. No, the Nightmare that, on... That Headless what? Horseman is the legend of Sleepy Hollow. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. Who the, the hell is then? The sto- Ichabod Crane? Get the, out of town. The story is the legend. No, the story... In the story, the legend's already happened. You didn't read the story. How do you know? I've what heard. do you know from legends? Look, Tim, the thing about legends is you can just say, oh, I heard from legend. Maybe I heard from a different source. I heard from a local. I I I think the 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 story is the legend. Not it's not like the legend of New York is about me, or <laughs> really about I don't know who Ed Koch. I would say like maybe Rockefeller. Who? Rockefeller. Who? What's his first name though? John D. Huh. Rockefeller. Uh, what about? Uh, I thought you thought that I said Rockapella, <laughs> which I wish the story of New York was the story of Rockapella. I would like to see Rockapella tell the story of New York. Oh yeah, right? That'd be good. Where are they up to nowadays? He died. No, they didn't. They all, all died. They all died together. No, that's nice. The pact. <laughs> Uh, after the reboot of Carmen San Diego didn't go, they. I feel like they were like touring for a little bit. Probably they're uh they're yeah they, they were an acapella group, Tom. Right, I feel like they but could, they rocked. Yeah, they could clean up on like YouTube nowadays or something. Doing like, hey, here's yeah, here's the history of New York, and we're gonna sing about it. You know what? You a man in his late thirties thinks that like, oh, this will be a hit with all the kids. <laughs> right, put out <laughs> acapella. Put out a CD. Why don't they put out a CD? Everybody would love it. Uh, <laughs> put out a record, acapella. <laughs> Yeah, not uh, not sure that would go over well with the Zennials, Tom. Yeah, I saw some. I forget what it was recently. No, Zennials is somebody corrected us when we did our episode about millennials. Yeah, people correct us about a lot of things, Tom. Yeah, but Zennials is actually probably more apt to me and you. No, not true. That it's between Gen X and Millennials. No, they're wrong. Gen Z is the one after us. Oh, oh, Zennials with an X. With an X. Okay, yeah. Gen Z. Okay, apologies. <laughs> uh, roll that back. Yeah, and we'll start from here. Right. Uh, the Legend <laughs> we, of Sleepy. We deleted the last ten episodes <laughs> before that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> if every time a, a, a mistake was pointed out, we deleted everything from that mistake on. It's make, make our back catalog a lot more listenable. Yeah. Uh, Tom, uh, I'm going to tell you the story of Sleepy Hollow as Washington Irving. Yeah, tell me the story or the legend? 
I'm going to tell you the story of the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, because this wasn't like an actual legend, right? He made that up. I don't know, Tom. This uh, I it says here in this book that it was found among the papers of the late Diedrich Knickerbocker. Yeah, and I heard that they found the Blair Witch tapes in a car. And? And that they were real. And? The jury's out. We don't know if they're real or not. I saw the special on the Sci-Fi Network. Yeah. I read something about that whole thing recently, and I'd forgotten about the Sci-Fi Network special about um, uh, Blair Witch and how good it was and how it was like the first time- Was it good? It wasn't good, but it was- Did you know that the Blair Witch Project movie was not real? Yeah, I knew that all along. Yeah, there, like I'm a very, lot of people didn't. Right. And they were saying, uh, this article was basically pointing out that. Bunch of numbskulls, if you ask me. The sci fi channel thing was basically like the first time somebody did transmedia well, of like, oh, this is also takes place in this story or whatever, but it's a different piece of media it's you know like a mobisode like a mobisode it was an earl it was it was like it's the a first prototypical mobisode but it was a tv-isode right um and that it actually like it fleshed out the the idea a lot they made, better no mash was a movie and then they made <laughs> mash into a tv show yeah and that so, was like 30 years earlier tom right but no but we don't like mash so some people like MASH. I I've been know. thinking of getting into MASH. Oh, don't, I'm going to enter a real weird phase. Oh, don't get into MASH, please. Why? Because people who are into MASH are all bores. No, it's just... Because it's depressing. Yeah, it's just such a depressing show. It was always on at night when all the reruns were on, after like all the good reruns were on. It was always on after Cheers. Like Cheers is like, so good. I know, but there would be like a few, like a couple of episodes of Cheers, and you'd be like really settling yeah. in, like, all right, Cheers, this is great, having a great time. Then it'd be, and be like, oh, mash. Were you just singing the taxi theme song? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and not well. Pretty yeah. good for, uh, that's how well I know the, the taxi theme song. Yeah, I didn't like taxi either. Taxi was great. It was depressing, but it was nice. Yeah. Alex Rieger, he knew who he was. He was a cab driver. I always got the- See all these other guys? They're not cab drivers. I'm the only cab driver here. Was that uh, uh, Judd Hirsch? Yeah. Uh. He was like, Jeff, yeah, he's he's an actor. Uh, Mary Lou Henner, uh, and Judd Hirsch was like, I don't remember her name, so I'm going to use her actress's name. You know- Mary Lou Henner remembers every day of her life. Yeah, she has a photo beyond photographic memory. Yeah, that's great. I forget what she was on the show. She was a cab driver, but like I don't want I don't remember what her aspiration was. Right. Probably having a photographic memory. No, she achieved that. Yeah. Well, the actress did. Yeah. Lotka was there. <laughs> yep, we all remember Lotka. <laughs> Reverend Jim. Lotka was like a prototype for Balky. Yeah. There was a lot of Lotka and Balky. Yeah. Look. Where do you come down on Andy Kaufman? Andy Kaufman. I, I've never really liked him. Yeah, but did you kind of respect him? A little like, bit. Like, I liked all the hubbub about it, especially, yeah. like, in the late 90s when the books came out and the, the biopic came out. Yeah. But, uh, 
I never watched one of his specials Somebody, where he's like, I'm going to take the whole, we're going to leave Car- Carnegie Hall and I'll get milk and cookies. Yeah. And I was like, this is stupid, but yeah, I mean, but it's it might a kinda, be brilliant. Well, it's the kind of thing that doesn't age well because like at the time that was probably like nobody's done yeah. anything like this, but it, he's been copied so much. Yeah. Nowadays, Tim Heidecker's like, I'm not going to take you for... Milk and cookies. I'm going to take you for LSD, man. <laughs> yep, that's that's his shtick. Uh, I like Tim Heidecker a lot. Mm-hmm. We're pro Heidecker. Yeah. And I don't want to hear anything about it. Right. Uh, but let's see if we're pro or anti uh, Irving. So this guy, uh, Diedrich Knickerbocker. Imagine you met somebody and they were like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Washington. Oh, because the, the the war just happened. Yeah. His parents were like, boy. They were patriots, Tom. Yeah, they were like, we were like that guy Washington, but we already have a last name. Yeah, guess what? They couldn't have named him George Irving? Yeah, right? Maybe they already had a kid named George, named after King George. Maybe they were real fair-weather Johnsons. Oh, wow. No, yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, Tom, mm-hmm. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It starts out, there's... Uh, they say that there's a town called Sleepy Hollow, and then they describe it a lot. It's quiet there. So it's there, like the woods. There used to not be, but now there is. I went there recently. Yeah. I mean, they start out describing Tarrytown, right? Yeah. Uh, where my mother was born and spent the first few years of her life, Tom. Oh. And she's got a head. <laughs> but can it be detached mm. and thrown at people? Mm. Oh, we're sitting down in Terrytown, and they're shutting all the factories down. I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> I thought you were going to change the second line. <laughs> they're shutting all the pumpkin badges down. You're not a very good spoofsman, Tom. <laughs> I never claimed to be. Uh, so, uh, And they're shutting all the horse ranches down. Nice. Okay. All right. So uh, it describes the thing. It's basically quiet there. Uh, the, the the everything st- was quiet back then. The story. No. Uh, the Tarrytown Center was was bustling. Oh. Or you know, yeah. Comparatively. Yeah. Seventeen hundreds bustling should be. I'd be snoozing. <laughs> be like, wow. Tom. I'd be cool. Like, there you go. Where's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> And they'd, Anybody uh, have the Wi-Fi password? Burn you at the stake. <laughs> yeah. Hey, come on! I'm just trying to get the Wi-Fi password. They wouldn't even bother burning you at the stake. You'd die naturally pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, uh, from the listless repose of the place and the per- peculiar character of its inhabitants, who are descendants from the original Dutch settlers, uh, this sequestered glen has long been known by the name of Sleepy Hollow, and its rustic lads are called the Sleepy Hollow Boys. Did you see any of the Sleepy Hollow Boys when you were up there, Tom? No, I avoided the rough parts of town, though. So, What did you do when you were in Sleepy Hollow? Uh, drove around, looked did at... Did you get out of the car at all? Uh, yeah, I went to a restaurant. In 1997, they changed North Tarrytown to be called Sleepy Hollow. Because because the factory shut down. 
No. Yeah, like a big factory shutdown. What did it make? Wigs? No, it was like a GE factory or something like that, or like a Northrop Grumman. It was like some big, like, oh, no, this is where this was like 20,000 jobs or something, like where everybody worked. And then it shut down. They were like, shit, what are we going to do? Let's rename the town Sleepy Hollow, and then we can be a tourist town. Yeah. And it worked. It worked. You drove I bought, by. I you bought a dinner car there. Down. <laughs> I, I drove around the cemetery mm-hmm. and then went to a restaurant and then went and looked at the statue of the Headless Horseman, which kind of sucked. Uh, so this goes into a little bit of the the story of the Headless Horseman. Uh-huh. Or the legend. Yeah, of course it does. No, no, very in the very beginning. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He didn't even make it up. It was a, a Hessian uh soldier. Is that what there is that how you pronounce it? It's a what like the during the Revolutionary War, uh-huh. the British hired German soldiers. Oh. Um, I don't think I knew that. And uh this seems, guy he seems got like his, something they would have done. His head got shot off with a cannonball. That used to happen, yeah. And then they took his body and they buried it like a little f- further away. So now he stalks around looking for his head. But he's a ghost because he died. Right. his head got shot I off. I mean, how far could the head could have gone? You well, think somebody took it? Probably. Yeah, it's probably, mate. it's probably, I mean, I want to say to this headless horseman, horseman, horseman. <laughs> Hey, listen, buddy. Listen, You're pal. The, the Hesslin, Hess, Hessen Headless Horseman. Yeah. That's uh, a real tongue twister. Yeah. Uh, why don't you uh, take a break? Uh, it's gone. It's gone, chief. Uh, why don't you take a break? <laughs> yeah. Stop stalking around, scaring people. Yeah. You're not going to find what you're looking for. Why don't you sit down and you take a good long look at yourself and uh, figure out another way to make yourself happy? Wow. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean that uh Sometimes you just have to accept when things are if something's gone, it's gone, man. Yeah. This is before like they knew what brains did, huh? Well, they also thought there were ghosts. I mean, there are ghosts. You love ghosts. I don't love Tim, don't say that shit out loud and the ghosts are going to be like, "Oh, you hear that? Let's go over there." <laughs> Uh, I had a uh, a night terror last night. Did you? Yeah. You screamed? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice. Thought did I... you wake yourself up? No, I was <laughs> desperately trying to because I thought I was being abducted by aliens. Oh. Did you have sleep paralysis? Yeah. Oh, that's so terrible. Oh, God, I hate it. You got to stop scaring. You're a regular Ichabod Crane, Tom. <laughs> Go to hell. Ichabod, Ichabod Crane uh, sounds a lot like you, actually. Uh, tall. Yeah, he was tall, but exceedingly lank. Mm-hmm. That's you, with narrow shoulders, long arms, and legs. Hands that dangled a mile out over his sleeves. That's you. Feet that might have served for shovels. Hey. I always say that about your feet. That's why I call you shovel foot. And his whole frame most loosely hung together. His head was small. Yep. And flat at No, top, I got a big head. <laughs> with huge ears, large green glassy eyes. Ah, I got you and there. brown eyes. Ah, they're green, actually. And a long sniped nose so that it looked like a weathercock 
perched upon its spindle neck to tell which way the wind blew. The whole goddamn story is written like this, by the way, Tom. <laughs> yeah, he must have getting paid paid by the word. He's paid by the freaking uh, word that I don't understand. Spindlecock? Yeah, that's a uh, weather vane, you think? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess I know what that is. Yeah, because a lot of times it'd be roosters that they put up there, because for whatever reason, you know, when you're working at the farm, it was like, we can't get enough of roosters. We got all these actual roosters well, around. how are they going to wake up without the roosters, Tom? What do you mean, how are they going to wake? No, I'm saying like- The roosters wake everybody make, up. Make the weather vane into some other shape that you don't see all the time. Like what? Like a ship. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should start some uh, a weather vane company that'll put something into some real jazzy shapes. Yeah, we'll, ships. We'll talk to. We'll, we'll run advertisements to farmers. Like, are you tired of looking at roosters all the time? Yeah. Then you get enough of these little little jerks. What uh, about this? A Toyota Rav Four. Yeah, we can. Li- uh, we can get some cool. license. Look yeah. at this. It's Darth Vader. Yeah. It's uh oh, it's uh Mickey Mouse himself. Yeah, can you believe Ooh, it? I bet they have a, Wiki, a Mickey Mouse weather vane. Yeah. I mean, I guess you don't really need a weather vane nowadays. You can just, hey, there's, lick your there's, finger there's an app for that. I mean, no, not licking. You could lick your finger back then. What? They, they knew about that, right? Well, they didn't know about licking fingers. They knew about They didn't discover saliva till the 1880s. Uh, actually, I bet Everybody back then. Everybody was just walking around and be like, I bet back then it was like, don't lick your finger. Our hands are dirty all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's could say the same for now. Nah, we got the 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 Purell. When you come home after being on the subway, do you immediately wash your hands? Yeah, yeah, me too. Like, yeah, because I'm I'm usually touching the pole at least once. Not yeah. that sounds what? inappropriate. No, it doesn't. I'm usually touching the pole at least once. In the context of being on the subway, yeah, yeah. Get your mind out of the gutter, Tom. Sick of this gutter thing <laughs> from you. But yeah, you touch the pole. You used to be such a nice boy. <laughs> you touch the pole, you gotta wash your hands. Talking like the the Sleepy Hollow boys now. Yeah, rough gr- around the edges. It grosses me out. I'm not one of those people. Like, I knew somebody that bought like a thing online that was basically like their their own hook to hang on to the pole. Mm-hmm. That's going too far. Eh. Yeah, I saw somebody who wore like. Uh, Glo- like uh, medical gloves, but not yeah, not like the latex glove that like snaps on, but like the right. blue one that's like a little loose. You could reuse right, it. not latex. Yeah, yeah. What is it then? Mm, a poly like something, probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean latex is rubber. Oh, I know the kind you're talking. Tom, about. Tom, what are you? Some kind of scientist? Uh, yeah. It's very impressive. This episode of the Complete Guide to Everything is sponsored by Sakara. You want to feel better about what you eat, but sometimes it's hard to prepare healthy meals that also taste good. With sure Sakara, as heck is. Yeah, Tom, you, you know it. With Sakara, you can reach your health goals without sacrificing taste. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. And along with delicious meals, Sakara also has daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your new. Nu- Nutrition. Tom, to mm-hmm. boost results, try the best selling metabolism super powder. It's an all natural remedy for bloating, weight gain, and fatigue. Tom, I, I tried could, some of I this. I could use that. Yeah, we ate some of this f- Saqqara food. 
Mm-hmm. Very fresh. Very fresh and filling and delicious. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash guide or enter code guide at checkout. That's Sakara. S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash guide to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash guide. For over 80 years, Fram has been a leader in automotive filtration because that's the only thing they do, baby. Filters. Want to protect your well-oiled machine or breathe easier when driving? Fram has the right filter for every kind of driver. Fram oil filters are American-made, tough, and feature SureGrip technology. No-slip grip for easy install and remove, even with an oily hand or glove. Fram cabin air filters filter out contaminants like exhaust fumes, allergens, and pollution. That's all the kind of stuff you don't want. And with the power of Arm & Hammer baking soda, you can breathe easy with an odorless interior. Arm & Hammer baking soda, the best stuff. I didn't know that they had cabin air filters with that stuff. I'm going to get one of these cabin air filters now. Honestly, I didn't know cabin air filters was a thing, and I probably should have. Now I'm going to get one. And look, well, well now that now that we know that baking soda is a part of it. Yeah. Well, and look, no matter how you drive, Fram has the right filter for you. Head over to fram.com, that's f r a m.com and find your perfect filter today. And thanks to Fram for sponsoring The Complete Guide to Everything. Tell me what happens. Yeah, in we're this not story. we're we're barely anywhere into this. So they they explain that the headless horseman uh, they show, uh, they tell you about Ichabod Crane. I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> I read the book. Right, yeah, and I pictures it. It painted such a vivid image in your mind. He was a school teacher, Tom, in the, in, and they made fun of how crappy the schoolhouse was. Every schoolhouse was I shit know. back then. And they were just like, uh, uh, and, and he was so poor. How poor uh, he was he? From, he's so poor, he came from Connecticut to teach the kids. What does that mean? I don't know. That's Connecticut's what... where rich people live now. Uh, he uh, he lived like week to week in various students' houses because he couldn't even afford a home. No, that sucks. So he just wrapped up all his belongings in like a, in like a cloth napkin. I yeah. assume it was on, like a bindle. Right. Imagine if that were the case nowadays. If it was like, oh, this is your week that the... Your teacher has to come live with you. I mean, you gotta like buy teachers' school supplies and stuff because they barely right, pay them. Right, a right, but wage. they don't, at least they don't have to come bring a bindle to your house and live yeah. with you. And he was also he was also uh, like trying to be like uh, helpful around the house and stuff. He yeah, would help like, on the oh, farms because just... there were farms. That's right. what they were. And uh, and uh, he also taught singing lessons. And I couldn't tell because there was a lot of old timey words in this book, Tom, mm-hmm. in this story. Yeah. And my problem with it was I couldn't tell if he was a good singer or a bad singer, but he was always singing. He was really loud. I imagine that an Ichabod Crane type probably had like a like a, a bad falsetto. Yeah, they said most of the no- the noise came out of his nose. Ugh, nasally falsetto. Yeah. Um, and he he would go around and gossip with all the ladies in town. They said sounds like he's got a lot of free time. 
Yeah, school teacher. I mean, teacher. back then, school was like 20 minutes, I think. Was it? I think so. It, it I thought it was like, like a... 16 hours. No. No, because they had to get back and like till the fields and stuff. Right. right. It was like, all right, we got every kid between the age of, you know, five and, and 16 in one room. Here's how addition works. Now go back to the fields. And I, I have to come with you because I also have to till the fields. Yeah. So he also like had this witchcraft book by Cotton Mather. You know that guy? No. He was like a, a fiery old preacher. I know the Cottonmouth Kings. Yeah, cool. Really cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Now this guy Cotton Mather, and he wrote a book about witchcraft. Was, um, is he like an Aleister Crowley type? No, he was he was like a Protestant, like oh, very, so he was an uh, anti or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't how to do witchcraft. No, it was like you got to watch out for this stuff. Yeah, and this Ichabod Crane like would read about like the occult and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd always get spooked. Yeah, well, yeah, don't do that. That's what I do with the aliens, and then I think they come for me at night. And then at night. Yeah, this is what happened. The same way that you had night terrors, yeah. he would just lie awake being spooked from all these spooky stories he read. Uh, so he'd start singing, and like everybody in town could hear him singing. Oh, come on. Yeah, shut the hell up. Yeah, but it made him less scared. Yeah, but how do you fall asleep singing? Um, uh. And so when he was, because uh, like, uh, according to Washington Irving, mm-hmm. Uh, he would go around and uh, just like meet with all the ladies if there was like a pretty sister of a, a pretty older sister of a sibling. Right. And they'd tell him ghost stories and they'd just trade ghost stories all the time and they'd spook each other. Yeah. The, I mean, the friggin', I guess there was nothing better to do. I was going to say, like, that's actually like, the only thing that I'm like a little bit romantic about the old times when it was like everything's boring. We're just going to tell ghost stories and scare the hell out of each other all the time. But then sometimes they would get out of control and they'd be like, and and we're going to burn this person alive. <laughs> yeah, sometimes things got a little... Uh... <laughs> right, where it's like, look, look, look. We all like to watch ghost videos on YouTube from time to time, but that doesn't mean we need to burn anyone alive in front of the whole town. Right. But sometimes... It's Unless just... they're really a ghost or a well, witch. Well, throw them in the, the water. See yeah, what find out. They float. Yeah. If they don't float, oopsie. <clears throat> Whoops. Whoopsie daisy, that weren't a witch. That weren't no witch. Yeah. Uh, you know about this uh, high profile alien abduction that happened in the 80s in Manhattan? No. High pro- define high Somebody profile. S- a bunch of people saw this UFO suck somebody out of like, their high rise apartment. <laughs> Where? Like, what in Manhattan, what the Upper West Side. What? Yeah. Upper was East Side, maybe. John Lennon? It wasn't Jay. He was dead by then already. Okay. Everybody was grieving. And no, then they on ha- the spaceship, Tom, oh. beaming him up. Was he on the spaceship? Yeah. No, he'd been shot in the head already. Yeah, but did his soul go to Mars? No, it's not Some people say. And then the aliens aren't from Mars. If anything, Martians they're from, are. If anything, they're from another dimension. And the Martians, they died a long time ago, possibly millions of years ago. They recently found out that Venus, where boys go to get a penis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, potentially was habitable for like three billion years. It used to not be all gases there. What did it used to be? Like a Earth, like a regular place you could go and hang out. Yeah, right. It was. I mean, we think. I think. 
Now, where does Neil deGrasse Tyson? I don't know if he's weighed in yet. He's too busy talking about like, you know, in the Fast and Furious movies, they say, you know, when the moon hits your eye, it's like a pizza pie. But actually, if the moon hit your eye, it would be it would hit you with uh, these many kilojoules of force. Yeah. People uh, crap on uh, Neil Patrick Harris. (laughs) Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson for doing that stuff. But that's the only way he's actually going to stay relevant. If he just gets people riled up by being a jerk all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like he's just like actually Thanos wouldn't be this popular. Everybody's like, shut up! It wouldn't be this powerful. Oh, yeah, popular. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he wasn't popular. Uh, actually, uh, Captain America's shield Captain wouldn't America, work. Captain America, not Captain American, Grandma. <laughs> I was doing my Neil deGrasse Tyson impression. He doesn't know. No, he's like a big superhero. He's a big comic book fan. Katrina Van Tassel, Tom. Sound is she pretty? Tom, you better believe it. Do you want me to she read you all that's these? A, that's a hot name. These words that uh, it's a hot name. What does that mean? Katrina Van Tassel. Um, she was a blooming lass <laughs> hubba, of, hubba. of fresh eighteen. Tom, I bet you oh, feel bad now. Yeah, <laughs> plump as a partridge. Oh. Ripe and melting and rosy cheeked right. as this, one of Max her father's magazine? peaches. <laughs> That's and, one of her father's peach. What a creep. And universally famed not merely for her beauty, but her vast expectations. Tom, I'll tell you one thing. She wore a prov- a provokingly short petticoat. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so everybody had the hots for her. Right. How old, it doesn't say how old Ichabod Crane is, but if this lady's 18, I hope he's not like 50. Yeah, it's I feel like even in like cartoons and stuff, it's never real clear how old Ichabod is. Cuz you always think like, okay, everybody uh I mean, it like seems... in olden times died early, but no. The friggin' founding fathers all lived to like 95 years old. Yeah, yeah. Back then you could like some yeah, some of these people died very early, but it wasn't uh, the craziest thing to live uh, a pretty long time. Right. Uh, although I feel like, I mean, it sounds like Ichabod doesn't have his shit together, so I assume he's pretty young. Yeah. He's having to go live in students' houses. I feel like he, he might be like an intern, <laughs> like intern age. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, uh, we'll we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say he he's might be 19, 20. 20. Yeah. Okay, so he's in love with her. Uh, her dad is uh, Bal- uh, Baltus Van Tassel. He sounds like a like a tough nut. Yeah, guess what? They're rich. Of course they, they have are. this big farm. They've got Van in their name. Of course they're rich. And guess what? Well, no, there's a lot of Vans here. Uh, and this is the same man that brought you uh, Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> yeah, who is, he was rich, right? Yeah, I mean, how I don't know. how could he be if he sleep that long? Now nah, there's another guy uh, uh, that he borrows a, a crappy horse from, Hans Van Ripper, who is like not a rich guy. Yeah, but Van Ripper, yeah, that's like a <clears throat> Jack the Ripper. He was related to Jack the Ripper. That's right. where they got the name. <laughs> He's his Dutch cousin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, this Ichabod Crane always wanted food. In his devouring mind's eye, he pictured to himself every roasting pig running about with a pudding in his belly and an apple in his mouth. The pigeons were snugly 
put to bed in a comfortable pie and tucked in with a coverlet of crust. The geese were swimming in their own gravy. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) And the ducks pairing cozily in dishes like snug married couples with a decent competency of onion sauce. In the porkers, he saw carved out the future sleek side of bacon and juicy relishing ham, not a turkey, but he beheld daintily tossed up with its gizzard under its wing and... Uh, it just goes on like with him like imagining animals as already cooked as food. Yeah, what is he's he walking like- around the farm and he's like, I really like this uh, this young lass, but what I also like is all these animals and uh, imagining them as food that I could eat. Yeah, is he like the villain from a Daffy Duck cartoon or <laughs> something? What is he doing? Nobody in real life. Imagine looking at two pigeons and imagining them in a pie. <laughs> yeah, that, things got to get pretty Christ. rough. The friggin' uh, 1890, the 1790s uh, were terrible. Yeah, and like I never look at a cow and think like, mm, mm, that looks delicious. Yeah. So everybody was after this lady, yeah. not just for the food. That seemed to be a weird uh, Ichabod Crane thing. The uh, fetish thing? No, I think maybe he He just... described her in a bunch of like gross uh, like food-like. She was plump as a peach. Yeah, I tried to do some research into like- His fetishes? <laughs> <laughs> no, if uh, this is like- And Tom, can you tell? This is the scariest story I've ever read in my life. Yeah. I'm spooked all the time just thinking about any of this. Uh, like, like, is this an allegory or whatever? Yeah, or whatever. Symbolism. Is there, is there some reason why he's doing everything about food? Nobody knows. Now, uh, there's this other guy. Every boy in in town wanted this Katrina lady, and there's a guy by the name uh, Brom Van Brunt. A lot of vans. Yeah, but guess what? Everybody called him Brom Bones. Because he was skinny too. No, he was like a. Beefcake, man. Oh, okay. They lo- everybody loved this guy. He was uh, mischievous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, popular. He was strong, uh, but he was a bit of like a loud mouth too. But like everybody knew, like, yeah, he's he's harmless. He's just kind of a fun guy. Uh, Sounds like a regular Tom Reynolds. No, more charming. <laughs> like you're Impossible. a nice guy, Tom, uh-huh. and you're definitely a beefcake, and you like. Pranks. I'll, tell you, I'll give you that. Oh, this guy likes pranks? Oh, he, this guy's a Clooney. Yeah, this guy's okay. a regular Clooney. And he's just like the big man on campus. Right. Uh, and he wanted to court Katrina also, but you know what they called courting? Sparking. Huh. Wanted to go sparking with her or something. That sounds like, if, if, if you told me that was a new phrase, I would believe it. Brom Van Brunt, Brom Bones, the hero of the country round, which rung with his feats of strength and hardihood. Yep. More mischief than ill will. Skill in horsemanship, Tom. It's also me. The neighbors looked upon him with a mixture of awe, admiration, and goodwill. Uh, and when any madcap prank that's in your your <laughs> yeah. kind of wheelhouse or rustic brawl occurred in the vicinity, they always shook their heads and warranted Brom Bones was at the bottom of it. Yeah. That Brom Bones, I bet he's at the bottom of this, they say. How could old uh, Ichabod Crane possibly compete with this guy? Um for for this uh, maiden's By giving hand. her singing lessons, oh, baby. Oh, come on. 
Oh, so he pulled the old like, you know, you got a lot of talent. Uh, <laughs> I uh, can make you a star. You know, a lot. Of, I know a lot of people in this business. Yeah, the singing business. <laughs> the 1700s singing business. And he also cozied up to Balt Van Tassel, uh, her dad, mm-hmm. uh, who, quote, loved his daughter even better than his pipe. Wow. He liked his daughter more than smoking, Tom. Right. It's crazy. Well, and back then, there wasn't anything to do. He yeah. probably didn't even really like smoking. It was just, <laughs> I'm bored. So she starts falling for him. For Ichabod? Yeah. And Brom Bones is just kind of like getting boxed out. And he's just like, so a uh, uh, a deadly feud gradually arose between the two the two boys, Tom. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Brom like knew he couldn't kick his ass because he'd get in trouble for that. Right. So he had to play pranks. Yeah. Tom, this is fun. <laughs> uh, they'd... Uh, uh, Smoked out his singing school. He had a singing school. Well, that sounds dangerous. Uh, by stopping the chimney, they they put right. stuff in the chimney and it filled the smoke. One prank was they set his home on fire. They broke into the schoolhouse at night um, and turned everything up a uh, topsy turvy. Okay. Uh, he also uh, took all opportunities of turning Ichabod into into ridicule. In presence of Katrina. So he was just like clowning on him all the time. (laughs) I wish uh, this guy would write like a normal person. (laughs) Tell us about the clowning, man. You go into all these, uh, you know, talk about uh, how he's looking at these animals, imagining putting them in pies. Tell us about these pranks (laughs) more. Uh, uh, There's some racism, of course, Mm -hmm. that that comes up because in all these old books that we read, You can't get by uh, this. This this story was like thirty pages. Uh, three of them had racist terms on them. Thanks, yeah. thanks Washington. Uh, not Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't think it was Washington D.C. Although Tim, sometimes Washington D.C. can be quite racist as well. Don't give them a free pass. You're you talking about systemic? Issues, yeah, systemic. But I'm also talking about the government. Yeah, the ones that create the. I'm talking about the local government of DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also our national government, which you may not be aware, is headquartered in Washington D.C. Ichabod Crane sometimes beat up the kids, but only if they deserved it. There's a couple (laughs) pages about that. (laughs) All right, well that's fair. Uh, so he's at he's at school one day. And somebody comes in, uh, a, a young person of color mm-hmm. comes in and uh, is has that, been Oh, sent. is that how they're described in the book, yeah, I'm sure? Yeah, with uh-huh. a, a lot of dignity. <laughs> um, and uh, Ichabod Crane is invited to a merrymaking or, quote, quilting frolic at the Van Tassel set. Is that a key party? Yeah, they're all going to uh, throw <laughs> their... Did they even have keys? They didn't have locks on their no, doors. No, they, they had like had those old timey keys, muskets. Yeah, oh, they had yeah. those keys where it was. Oh, like... everybody would get the skeleton keys mixed up. <laughs> right. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, I have the key." To I don't know whose car house. this is too. Um. So, uh, Ichabod's like, "Oh, we're you guys are going home early," uh, and he goes home and he spends a half hour longer in the toilet than usual. 
How long does he usually spend in there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the uh, toilets back then were disgusting. Yeah, he fancies himself up, and then he goes and borrows a horse from this guy, Hans Van Ripper. But uh, it's this old, vicious, old, shitty horse. Yeah, most are. Uh, yeah, his name is Gunpowder. Nice. Uh, so he goes, uh, he goes. Uh, oh, old Gunpowder? Yeah, you can borrow him. Yeah, and then on, he's he's riding over, and they're they're talking about the beautiful fall day, mm. and then he starts thinking about all the food that he's going to eat when he gets Jeez, there. One track mind. Yeah, he wants the food and like all the riches. Yeah. Um. So he goes to the party. Um. There's musical entertainment that are referred to. Uh. In a, in a, in a manner which I'm not going to repeat. <laughs> okay. Uh. And uh. Uh. Uh, Ichabod starts dancing, mm-hmm. and he dances like he sings. They said, so I don't know if that's good or bad. I think yeah. it's probably like uh, he's enthusiastic, but probably not good. And yeah, he's just well, like, he's like lanky, lanking yeah, he's around, dancing around like a skeleton. Yeah. And uh, Katrina is dancing with him, mm-hmm. and Brom Bones is there, and he's like, "Oh, I oughta." Um, and then so <laughs> I imagine Brom Bones just is is in the corner, real mad, doing the Running Man. <laughs> No, you know what Brom Bones does? What? Brom Bones and all these like veterans of the Revolutionary War mm-hmm. go uh, sit in the corner and tell sto- uh, ghost stories. <laughs> okay. Everybody's just telling ghost stories to each other all the time. Uh, and this one guy, uh, there's this man named Brower. Mm-hmm. Not Dale Brower, who I went to second grade with. <laughs> Well, you don't know that for sure. Uh, he went, uh, and the headless horseman uh, saw him. Okay, and galloped up to him, turned into a skeleton. He's telling the story, Brower. No, somebody's telling the story of Brower. Oh, okay. He threw old Brower into the brook and sprang away over the treetops with a clap of thunder. Mm. And then Brom Bones is like, "Yeah, I saw that headless horseman. You know what happened?" He, uh, I was coming home from Sing Sing. The prison. But but it wasn't even a prison there. Right. It was just where Brom <laughs> He said that? Yeah, he's like, this, <laughs> this is, before. is before the prison. Yeah. Uh, they're just talking about it. And uh, the, the headless horseman mm-hmm. starts uh, chasing him. Yeah. And so he's like, I got to get to this bridge. And as soon as he gets to this bridge, the headless horseman disappears. Mm. Oh, so he can't go over the bridge. Right. So everybody's like, all right, cool. Uh, the music winds down. Everybody's going to go home. Mm-hmm. Ichabod Crane's like, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to make Katrina my wife. I'm going to ask her to marry me. Oh, come! that's a little forward. I don't know. I don't know how it worked back then. Yeah, they back knew each other that, for like three whole weeks. Yeah, back then it was And they danced like, together. They're practically married already. Yeah. that's That was third base back then. Yeah. But uh, the guy who wrote this, this Knickerbocker guy- Mm-hmm. Right now, Washington Irving. Yeah, but you know, you know, uh, he uh, he doesn't know what happened, but Ichabod Crane left in a huff, and he was all he was like, "Yeah, this lady stinks. Can't right. believe I wasted my time on this lady." Yeah, it sounds like she turned him down. Yeah, so he went to the stable and he got on gunpowder. He was real pissed off and he left. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this is like the final two pages of the story. <laughs> okay. 
So it's real yeah, scary I was so say, far. When, when the hell is the headless horseman gonna show? He's up? riding. He gets spooked because it's dark out, and he hears like crickets or something. Yeah. And then, but it turns out to be nothing. And then he sees a tree uh, that they hung Benedict Arnold's good friend and co-conspirator at. And he think he gets spooked there, but it turns out it's nothing. Hanged. Yeah. And then uh, the uh, the headless horseman comes. Uh huh. But he doesn't know it's a headless horseman. Until he looks over and he sees that this guy doesn't have a head and he's holding the head in his hand. So wait, he's getting freaked out by crickets, but he's not afraid of like another guy coming up. Yeah, on no. Him? At first, he's just like, "Oh, I'm go- I'll get away." But then the the headless horseman starts galloping uh, next to him, and the uh, gunpowder won't do what he's telling it to do because he's an old shitty horse. Yeah, yeah. And this guy's uh this headless horseman, and he's like, ah, the bridge, I remember. Yeah. Uh, old Brom Bones said all I had to do is get to the bridge, uh, and uh, and then the saddle falls off the horse. He almost falls off the horse. You gotta strap those things on. Yeah, and so he's holding onto the horse around the neck. The horse is wilding out, but he's just like, head for the bridge, and the headless horseman is, uh, is uh, catching up to him, and he gets to the bridge. He's like, ah, oh, great, got away, and he turns around, and the headless horseman takes his head, mm-hmm. takes his own head, and he throws it at Ichabod Crane, and it hits him and knocks him off his horse. And this next morning, this shitty horse went back to uh, its owner's house, uh, Van, whatever his name is. Uh-huh. And uh, Ichabod's not there. He's like, where is the saddle? And where's that guy that was sitting on the saddle? And what the horse say? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it wasn't like a Mr. No, the horse, the horse bit him. No. The horse bit him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, he's a shitty horse, Tom. <laughs> so they went back and they were looking for him, and all they found was a smashed pumpkin in Ichabod Crane's hat, I think. I think his hat was there. Okay. And no sign of Ichabod Crane. They looked in like the river, mm-hmm. couldn't find him. And then, here's a, Tom, this book gets so sad. So uh, this old man who lent him the horse yeah. was like, well, I guess all this stuff is mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he goes back and uh, like unties the, the bindle, the, yeah. the hanger, and uh, it was uh, two shirts and a half. Which, a <laughs> half, half shirt. a shirt? It's a belly shirt, uh, I think. A crop top? Yeah. Uh, two stacks for the neck, which there's a, a footnote that's just a scarf. Yeah. It's two scarves. Uh, a pair of two worsted stockings. Okay. An old pair of corduroy small clothes. I that's think that's like underwear. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like clothes that a boy would wear. Like he's like, well, I wore these as a boy. I'll keep them. <laughs> no, around. but I mean corduroy underwear <laughs> doesn't sound great. <laughs> Walking around going. Woof, 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 woof. A rusty razor. Uh, a book of psalms, and a broken pitch pipe. Sounds like that's all this sad bastard owned. Yeah, uh, just chuck it. It doesn't sound like there's anything to keep there. You gonna wear um, this guy's old corduroy underwear? He had some books at the schoolhouse. Uh, they burned all the witchcraft books that he liked. Right. Um. But then the school had everybody just like stopped sending their kids to school. The schools uh, fell yeah, into well, disrepair. I mean, there was no teacher. Where are they gonna yeah. send the kids to? And they're like, well, this guy's dead. Yeah. But. Then another guy came back like decades later and he was like, oh, Ichabod Crane, he came out, he went west and he became a, like he got schooling and became a a, a small claims court judge. 
Why is that part in there? Because in Brom Bones, always uh, whenever Ichabod Crane uh, comes up, he uh, he uh, he like had a knowing look in his eye. So it's the idea that Brom Bones killed him. The idea is that Brom Bones didn't kill anybody. He ran him out of town. He, he scared, him scared so the bad. hell out of him. He knew how so big bad. of a coward. And this is also why I say you're kind of an Ichabod Crane character. Uh, he he He's such a coward, and Brom <laughs> Bones knew, oh, all I had to do is throw a pumpkin at him, and he'll never come back. And he was right. I mean, it sounds like, you know, Brom Bones doesn't sound like that bad of a guy. I mean, it's just it's like- esque yeah, and it's also like they're they're both competing for the the hand of this fair maiden, and he's like, "Look, this guy's a coward. He's gonna run off scared the first time uh, he hears crickets or whatever." Yeah, I'll prove it, and I'll get this guy to run off. Yeah, and he married Katrina too. Good for him. <laughs> what a surprise! I'm taking the bully's side. It doesn't sound like he's a bully. It sounds like he's a. The... I mean, it, it, this was bullying behavior. His bullying behavior, but you know what? I bet later in life he told Katrina what he did, and she was probably like, thank you. That's cool. That's cool as hell, Brom. <laughs> no, not even Brom that. Brom Bones, you killed it. No, not even that was cool, but like you saved me from potentially making a very big mistake. Yeah. I was going to marry this guy, and for all I know, we'd be walking out in the garden one day, and a, a frog would hop out, and this guy would run <laughs> off to California. He'd be so scared. So thank you. All right, Brombones saved Katrina's. Yeah, Brombones, hero of the story. Okay, and then there's this postscript where this Knickerbocker guy, he uh, says that like years, like this story was transcribed at some meeting, uh, that some old man was telling this story the whole time, and then he went up to the old man and was like, "Was that true?" And the old man was like, "I don't really believe it." <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that uh him just covering his own ass yeah i don't i don't know i yeah. uh, I, uh whatever what a weird story it I was didn't... scary as hell tom was i'm it shaking actually no it wasn't scary you're being you're being fun it's mo- it was mostly just yeah, you're fun most descriptions of food <laughs> yeah i thought like, because in all the other adaptations, there are like multiple run-ins with the uh, yeah, and there are some <laughs> tales of, of oh, I see, like right. flashbacks. But Ichabod Crane only meets him on that one night for like thirty seconds as he's trying to get away from. Yeah, him. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's like a well-constructed like three-act story. <laughs> no, but uh, there was a lot of you know imagining animals as the eventual food they would be. Right, which and probably, that's good enough for me. That's all I want from a story. I mean, back then people were probably vicariously, you know, they were reading that and they were salivating, like, yeah, I like to imagine pigeons in a pie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. How would you rate the story? Uh, I hated it at how first. Many, how many headless? How heads? many? How, how many, many heads? heads? Out of five heads. Zero. <laughs> Zero heads. The headless. <laughs> Yeah, it's a headless story. A headless score. For nah, it. I liked it. It was. I'd. I'd give it three heads. Yeah, it's short. It was shorter than I thought it was. I read it on an airplane, Tom. You know who was on the airplane with me? Kieran Culkin. Yeah, I did know. You told me that earlier, but yeah. it's still uh, thrilled. Yeah, me and Kieran. Did you talk to him? 
No, he was. Uh, we weren't sitting next to each other. We we uh, foolishly got uh, <laughs> seated apart on the plane. <laughs> you foolishly bought completely different classes. Of yeah, tickets. he was in the first row of first class, and I was in the thirty eighth row of col- coach of Culkin. Culkin. <laughs> I, I was next to Macaulay. I feel coach. like when I've seen celebs on planes. It's always, I mean, I guess what else would they do? But like, I'm fly always, private. Well, yeah, no, but I'm always surprised that it's like first class gets the board first, but then it's like so now also literally everyone on the plane is going to walk past you. Yeah, but what's the alternative? They're sitting in the like lo- in the terminal waiting to get on, right? Where even right. more people are potentially. Yeah, like see if them. there is a lounge access, right? Like they're in the lounge right beforehand, mm-hmm. and they know when the plane is going to board, and they can just walk right there, like put a newspaper in front of their head or something, and. Rather than if they boarded, I guess they could just tell them to board whenever, and they could just wait in the lounge until it's their turn. That's what I would think would happen more often. And they don't have to fight over overhead uh, no. storage. I would think more often it would be like, hey, come grab me You know, five minutes before you're going to close the door. Yeah. I think for like, because Kieran Culkin's not, he's not an A-list star. We love him. Don't get us wrong. Yeah. But like, I think for like, I don't want to share a rollaway bed with him though. <laughs> but he doesn't tell. He doesn't go easy on the Pepsi. But I think for like A list stars, that that is what happens. I think like if Tom Hanks is on your plane, I think it's probably like a like, oh, this is gonna like cause a commotion. So, Tom Hanks, we're gonna come get you before we close the doors, and we're gonna have we're gonna dress you up like Sully and let you fly the plane. <laughs> Man, yeah, and like, I would, I would, I would, I would board that flight. Well, like, as eh, long as, what's Tom Hanks gonna do? As long as he's not doing the takeoff or landing, yeah, let him fly his Sully yeah. for a little bit. Maybe let him take off and land. <laughs> so yeah. where's it gonna happen? He's well, capable. What's the worst thing that happens? A bird hits the engine, and he knows exactly what to do. Yeah. Landing in the Hudson. He probably did it so many more times than Sully. They had to take. Yeah, uh, they had Sully to film did it, it from, the one time. Yeah, but, they had to film it from all different angles. Yeah. I mean, and not to take anything away from one take Sully. You know, he got the one take and he yeah, nailed it. he did. But Tom Hanks had to do it a few different times for the different angles, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. If you like the show. You can find out more at tcgt.com. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash complete guide. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at complete guide. You can follow me at Tom Reynolds on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at your pal Tim. If you want to support the show, support our sponsors. Also check out tcgt.com slash Amazon for your Amazon shopping. And hey, if you liked hearing us talk about a book, boy, have I got a deal for you. Patreon.com slash complete guide. You can sign up for our Patreon where we do a show, a little show. Books the podcast where we talk about different books, not different books every week, but different books every month ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, different books all the time. You get all the back episodes. We're doing, we're wrapping up the thrilling conclusion of Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yeah. Uh, AKA Blade Runner. Uh, we're finishing up, but we did a bunch of other books. Not any other spooky books, I don't think. And then there were none. And then there were none was spooky as hell. We should have done a spooky book for Halloween. All right. We just did a spooky book for Halloween. Oh, for the Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. We're it didn't screwed. really line up yeah. appropriately. Okay. We'll, we'll get better with uh, 
yeah. with planning these things. Look, there's some suspenseful parts in Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? But you'll have to sign up to the Patreon to find out at patreon.com slash complete guide. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I have any other things to say about Sleepy Hollow, New York. It's not far, which is nice. <laughs> uh, went on a hike up there is very nice. Some good hiking up there. Yeah, everywhere up up there in the Hudson Valley. Yeah, just like little public nice, uh... public little trails. Yeah. I like hiking. I, got, I think I want to get more into hiking. You always give me shit because I'm like real into camping, but I don't go camping as much I'm as I'm not I'd that like you're to. real into camping, that you buy so much camping gear and you yeah. buy like multiple you have multiple camping stoves, but you don't go camping. I have two camping stoves. That's multiple camping stoves. I was looking in my If you go camping, you only need one camping stove. No, because one is a propane stove and one is gonna be for wood. We're going up to uh, Pennsylvania this weekend. Mm -hmm. Not just me and you, other people too. Yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking about bringing that little wood stove. Give it a give it a try. Yeah. It's like I don't know, especially living in New York City when you get to be outside for you a little bit. Get to light something on fire. That, That's big. Oh, That's clutch. So much fun. Lighting stuff on fire. We get a fire going. Uh, we should get a chain to put in the fire. A nice red mm. chain. Redding up a chain. Here's here's a tip: if you're ever outdoors and you got a fire going, put a chain in the fire. When you take the chain out, it's it'll not be, with your hands. Not with your hands. Use a stick. Use a stick. The chain will get very red if you leave it in there for yeah. a while. Even like it's, orange sometimes. Yeah, it's fun to look at. <laughs> <laughs> I get we were making fun of like they're telling ghost stories because there's nothing to do. If we're in nature for like 12 hours, it's like, let's see how red we can get this chain. <laughs> Maybe, Tom, when uh, we're away this weekend with a big I think there's like 16 people. In 16 there. adults. No. And quite a few teenagers, if I'm, if I understand. Wayward teens, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, uh, um, uh, we should come armed with some ghost stories, and oh, I'd love to. I'll cut the Wi-Fi at some point, okay, and uh, everybody will be forced to just listen to our ghost stories. Yeah. I'll tell them the story of uh, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Well, that'll just bore everybody. It's so to... scary, Tom. Everybody be shaking. Like, we're both shaking right yeah, now. I mean, unless they're hungry and they're like, ooh, pigeon pie sounds delicious. <laughs> um, Tom, this episode was too long. I quit. See you next week. <laughs>